Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, the confetti has fallen at Arrowhead Stadium, but it did not fall for the Cincinnati Bengals this time. Exactly a year ago, the Bengals were celebrating winning the AFC. Tonight is the total opposite as the Chiefs avenge the Bengals after losing to Joe Burrow three times as they return to their third Super Bowl in four seasons. They are headed to Super Bowl 57 to face the Philadelphia Eagles in a game that came down to the very end. As Cincinnati falls 23-20 after a 45-yard field goal from Harrison Butker. Um, It was one of those games that, again, it it came down to the end. Butker made the field goal with eight seconds to go. uh, And that came after a late hit penalty on Joseph Osai when Patrick Mahomes was running out of bounds for a first down, which moved up the field position uh, for Butker to have that field goal. But, you know, even leading into that, and this is not to focus on that, obviously, because leading into that, there were so many points in the game where, the Bengals just got so close. They tied the game uh, twice, but they just could not finish the job. And I think really you could kind of feel that from the beginning of the game when you know Burrow was sacked, what, four times on the first two drives. You have a delay of game. You have a holding penalty on those first two drives with those sacks. Um, and you just start to think about those playoff games last year where he kept getting hit. And even though like last year he was able to keep the Bengals in this game until the very end, up until that last drive, obviously. Um, That was where I think it really started was just the pressure Kansas City brought. Chris Jones got his first ever postseason sack, and he's been in the league for eight years now, um, and he got it against Burrow. Uh, And so it was just a lot of, I think that's really where, I think the Chiefs figured out how to stop Burrow was just dialing it up. Uh, They dialed up the pressure. Burrow had some good runs, but just wasn't elusive enough, even with the big plays he had, not taking away from that either. Um, they got to him on third down on their last drive with about, I want to say, what, it was about 20 to 30 seconds left. Um, so, yeah, it was just, uh, I think it started there. And kind of before we get into the other parts of the game, I think you just got to look at the offensive line. Chiefs really just took advantage of them there, and it set the tone from the start. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I think the, it really kind of just felt off kilter from the beginning. Um you know, the Bengals run a few plays, they get a first down. Uh, I think they had another one that got negated. Um, then the offensive line kind of implodes early. That, that was obviously a huge problem for them all night. Um, you know, and, and like the thing that I'm going to keep coming back to is it felt like there were multiple moments that we'd seen the Bengals come out of it kind of unscathed. Like you'd seen that multiple times throughout the year, and it felt like tonight there was going to be more of that. Um, I mean, you just kind of look at it like 
they they got their butts kicked in the first quarter, and they were down six nothing. By the way, they had no net yards of offense yeah, in the first quarter. They were it was that it was that bad. They were miserable in the first quarter. Um, the Chiefs absolutely. I mean, they had uh, a touchdown go right through Kadarius Tony's hands. Uh, I guess not right through his hands, but it would have been a tough catch. But I mean, still, yeah, a, a near touchdown. You have a negated touchdown. Um, so that takes it from six to nothing to fourteen to nothing right there. Um, Bengals obviously fall back. They they cut it to. Um, uh, 13 to six before the half, uh, they take the lead. T. Higgins had a great play. Like it, it, you just started to get the feel, like okay, is this going to be another game like this for the Bengals? And it just wasn't. Um, you know, you you look at the moments that they had. I mean, the the play was it third and 16 to Hayden Hurst on that yes, last drive. Yes, it was third and like 16. Third and 16 to Hurst. Um, you have a great play that gets that gets stopped. Or you have a great play, and then you get stopped. Um, you have an intentional grounding play. Like it, there were just moments where you thought the Bengals were finally going to take control, and they just never did. Yeah, that last drive really—that's where they gave it away. And the thing, no, with, I, I don't. Not, I don't think they gave it away, but like, but the thing with Mahomes though is like, you know, like we saw against the Bills last year when he played against Buffalo, and there was like what 15 seconds left after Buffalo took a three-point lead, and he still somehow gets them downfield. To send it to overtime with Mahomes, it's just never over. Whether it's ten seconds, twenty seconds, thirty seconds, uh, it's never over. And unfortunately for the Bengals, they gave it back to him in that situation. But you were going to say something, Mike? Oh, I mean, I don't think. I mean, all that other stuff doesn't really matter. I mean, it really came yeah. down to two plays: uh, the punt, which I mean, I right. think you'll, you'll look at it and say it wasn't executed properly. You want him on the sideline. You don't give him all that room to run. Right. Uh, Twenty-nine yard return gets him basically a first down away from field goal range. Because um, Mahomes would have gained five yards, would have been at the forty-two if he hadn't, if not for the penalty. Right. And they still would have been what? 10? Was there eight seconds left after that play? Oh, uh, I think maybe. And and the Chiefs yeah. didn't have. Yes. Time. I think it was eight seconds so, left, and the I Chiefs mean, didn't have time out. Yeah. Attempt the field goal from there, maybe, or one more play. Um, but essentially, then you know the penalty is what sealed it. Um, you know, you feel bad for Osai. It looked like it was kind of boom, boom, right on the sidelines. Um, and you know, the the interesting part about it is that Mahomes wasn't very Mahomes-like. And the fact that as the game went on, as the temperature got lower, as the hit started adding up, he couldn't move very well. Right. And he, at yeah. all costs, avoided scrambling. I mean, he was throwing literally at the last second on the ground multiple times, trying to make throws, make something out of nothing because he couldn't move. Saves that last burst. And really, um, you know, I viewed it as different. I thought the Bengals were going to pull this one out. I thought they had it, especially yeah. when they converted the third and 16. Uh, out, out of the back of their end zone to Hayden Hurst. And, you know, it just felt like uh, the Chiefs had given up, uh, you know, really I felt like should have come out of that first half up 20 points almost. It really just felt like that, that since they couldn't get that big of a lead that the Bengals were going to have a real good opportunity. They stopped them right out of, out of coming out of halftime and the stadium was dead quiet. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, both teams actually left a lot of points on the board. Both teams are going to go, are gonna, I mean, Chiefs won't as much. They would have if they had lost this, but... Um, you know, just not not the you know a good game and the fact that it was very close, sure, too, too great, but not not a great game for both teams. I don't think that um, you know they, you know and, and, uh, Chiefs had a lot of guys get banged up during the game. That seemed like every other play they were losing a key player. Um, and the Bengals' offensive line obviously hobbled and and really prevented them from being, I think, the offense we saw. But um, yeah, I think those two plays are what it came down to. Everything else was you know sort of just. Prologue to and I know um, people are curious about us talking about this. So uh, we, I mean, we just actually, as we were doing this, 
Um, we got the pool report about the third and nine play. Right. Um, so if you guys don't mind, I'm going to read you the answer. Go ahead. This is from referee Ron Torbert. Um, you know, the question was from Ben Baby of ESPN asking about the replayed third down. Uh, you all know the one. On the previous, this is a quote. On the previous play, there was an incomplete pass. We spotted the ball, but the line judge came in and re-spotted the ball because the the spot was off. We reset the play clock, and the game clock started running. It should not have started running because there was an incomplete pass. Field judge noted that noticed that the game clock was running, was coming in to shut the play down, but nobody heard him, and the play was run. After the play was over, he came in, discussed, blah 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 blah. Uh, normal protocols are if quote if we are trying to shut down the play and we couldn't we would shut it down and go back and replay it down. Um, so basically, I haven't seen a replay of it, and, and I've, I've seen that CBS has said that um, that there was a referee running in trying to say it. Uh, I, I only got a couple guys in the locker room. I don't know if you guys talked to anybody about this. I, I did not. No. Um, some of you know the, the guys that I heard they some of them just didn't want to comment on on any referee things. Uh, some of them said they didn't hear a whistle. I don't so think they were, I, I mean, don't, that ended up not mattering. That, right, I agree. And I think right, the, yeah. the players were less upset about that specifically than the totality of all the calls they felt like went against them. Sure. The, uh, one, uh, was it third down that was reviewed? Um, the, the, the spot of the ball that gave them a first down? Yeah, that was um, in the first quarter. Obviously the intentional grounding. Later on. Um, um, so I, I think it was sort of the body of work of the officials um, did Agreed. not endear themselves to... The Bengals, uh, Zach Taylor was very kind of soft-spoken. I mean, soft-spoken throughout his press card, lost his voice, but um, did not say have much to say about the officials. And, you know, you kind of put him on a lie detector. You wonder what he would have said about that game. Um, but really, um, I, I don't think that's, like I said, that specific thing. Um, that play obviously didn't matter because they, they had a punt anyway. Yeah, there were, you know, you, I mean, the big the big one, like we mentioned, with the Ron Torbert's explanation was that, uh, the whistle, that wasn't a whistle, obviously. And, it, you know, it didn't really make an impact because eventually the Chiefs did punt the ball. Um, it looked like I might have actually gone their way because then on the next play, I forget who it was, someone on the Bengals was called for a defensive holding penalty, fresh set of downs, then they punt. But like you said, ultimately didn't matter. Um, I'm actually glad, Mike, you brought up the punt from Christman because it was a long punt. It was his longest punt, 54 yards. But like you said, the problem was, was that the returner had too much room, and that allowed him to get close to midfield. So if you want to like nitpick anything from that drive, really I would focus more on that than what Osai did because that was just a bang-bang play. And like Zach Taylor said, you know, it's an emotional game. You just don't want to give up a play. And with someone like Mahomes, you never want to give up with him because to go back to him, and this is what I think is crazy because like Mike said, as the game got deeper into the second half, as it got colder, he just – was not moving the way we've seen him move like an MVP I, I don't know if it was the weather. I, I mean, he got hit a few times. Uh, it, it all added up. Rolled, it all I, added I, up. I, I, no, I don't know if it did. I think that, you know, there was one point I disagree. Where I think it all added up. The, I mean, he, he rolled out to his left specifically that I could think of because I remember at the beginning of the game we were all talking, he looks fine. He looks like he looks okay. Maybe here's a few limps here and there. Uh, but it, I think it was the second. It was Jermaine Pratt when he rolled out to his Pratt. left. He tweaked Pratt, the injury. Yeah. But the point is, is like when... You can't get loose. You can't get it treated because the game was going back and forth. Right. They didn't really retape. He didn't have time to do anything with you. Yeah. Know, in the game last week, 
uh, what, he got injured in the first quarter. And he went, went out, went back, to the locker room. Went to the back, came back in the third quarter. He had no time here, so I think it was just an added up. You can't get that ankle warm. What are you going to do? You know, you can't get it moving. And I think it was just a, it just sort of, you know, made for a lumbering effort to kind of get through it. Sure. Um, and so, you know, they worked around it and worked around it well. He could still throw the ball. I mean, That's what I was going to say. Really impressive in terms of some of the throws he made. Obviously, the touchdown down the middle, um, you know, just you just kind of in awe of what he's able to do with it and on just one leg. Um, but, you know, the running aspect of it was where he just, you know, couldn't, couldn't do it. And that's what I was going to say. Uh, you took the words out of my mouth, actually. Is, um, and actually, I'm going to give you some props, Andrew, because you've talked about it. I think you said it multiple times on the podcast this week. Even if Patrick Mahomes is playing 70, 80, however much percent healthy, He's still a problem. Like, there were times where he looked like he was about to get sacked, and he still got rid of the ball. He was still just throwing it. Like, he was still keeping the play alive. Like, I know Lou Anarumo says with Josh Allen, the play's never dead. It's also true with Patrick Mahomes. Um, and that's, again, with the, the how he even after he tweaked the injury with Jermaine Pratt rolling on him, even then... Um, he still threw that go that that touchdown, the go-ahead touchdown before they took the lead on that field goal to Marquez Valdez Scantling. And that's the other thing, going back to the Bengals defense, is for the most part, they played pretty good, but if you want to take anything away, is they gave up. It was two things that stood out. They gave up bad screen plays to Isaiah Pacheco, who played for Clyde Edwards O'Leary. I mean, you look at Pacheco, he had, I'm looking at this, five catches, 59 yards, but it was mostly screen plays. And then Scantling was just going deep and getting almost every long ball, except for maybe one or two throws that went his way. I mean, targeted eight times, make six catches, 116 yards, and that touchdown I mentioned. Um, I mean, if you're going to nitpick anything, I think those were, were big things that allowed the Chiefs to stay ahead in this game. And that doesn't take away from the fact that, you know, Mahomes completes over 6% of his passes, throws two touchdowns, and the Chiefs were only up by a touchdown before halftime and only up 6 to nothing. You know, in the beginning of the game when really it was this close to being 14 and nothing. So it doesn't take away from their effort. I really think, you know, the effort reminded me a lot of last year's AFC Championship game. And it almost seemed like the script was going exactly how it was last year until those last two drives. You know, just like last year, um, the first half wasn't particularly great from either team. I think the Chiefs offense played better in that first half last year, but it wasn't particularly great. And then in the second half, the Chiefs' offense starts to sputter. Looks like the Bengals are figuring it out. Even though Burrow throws two picks, he still keeps them in the game. He throws the fourth and, uh, I think it was fourth and sixth pass to Jamar Chase near the goal line. You know, you have the, the Moss touchdown from T. Higgins. It was just, it, all that was different was the ending. But the storyline was very similar. But, you know, to go with Burrow, it's just, um, we talked about the six sacks. And I think... That's the most sacks he suffered since probably when they lost to Pittsburgh in week one. Because even against Cleveland and Dallas, he wasn't sacked that many times. Even beyond that, though, I mean, you look at the two picks. The first one stood out to me because I couldn't tell if he underthrew it to T. Higgins before Jalen Watson picked it. Or if maybe Higgins just wasn't looking and he overran the route. You know, that kind of reminded me of one of the picks he threw in New England where Tyler Boyd wasn't looking at the ball. And then the second pick where it got tipped out of, uh, it wasn't T. Higgins' hands, but who was defending him, and it falls into Yeah, that, that the second one, that hands. was a punt. That was a glorified punt. It was a glorified that, punt, yeah. but it was still an interesting, like, you know, you got someone in double coverage. Uh, I, I know it's not that he hasn't made those throws before, but it still seemed like a very risky kind of position. 
even though it was a long punt and it worked out in that way, it was still interesting. I just didn't expect that from him. The first one, the first interception that he threw, um, I think what he, Adeniji was getting pushed back, and I think he kind of saw that it was third down, and he had a one. If you there was a you know if you look at the dots on Twitter that everybody talks about, if you you kind of look at that, uh, T was one on one. Um, and and it, early on, I, I mean, I was talking to the people next to me in the press box. It, it was like, when are they going to start throwing the ball to T? Like, that was the first time T was targeted all game. Um, and, you know, it, it really kind of felt like um, that, the, I mean, the offensive line really wasn't giving him a ton of time, obviously. But that, that throw, I, I, that, that just felt like him trying to make a play when he shouldn't have. Uh, it's a play, like you said, that we don't see Joe Burrow make a ton. The second one that I I hardly count that as an interception because sure. uh, that was on third down. You throw the ball long. Um, you're just trying to get something, and it actually ended up as a 50 yard uh, field flip. Uh, yeah, because of a great tackle by T Higgins. So, but they um, threw two incompletions on that spot. Yeah, had second I, and three and right. third and three. And I mean, they could have. They were running the. Uh, Outside bubble screen to Jamar Chase throughout the game. I mean, they had gained three yards. I don't know. Time. They went away from that in the and, second half. But they could have sure used that play call. They had yeah. uh, screened up a bunch to Mixon throughout the game that they could have done. Um, the play callings in that the, the short yardage situation, um, you know, I, I think that kind of contributed to that. Uh, didn't need to go deep there, um, but they tried, I think, both times to go kind of down the field. You know, I was going to say, too, like I mentioned how the Chiefs were very successful with, you know, short passes, screen passes. And even then, besides like those long balls to Marcus Valdez-Scantley, like I think what really stood out for the Chiefs offense is even with Mahomes' ankle, even with just, you know, like you said, he had injuries left and right. They lost Algerius Sneed, um, who's like one of their best players on defense, you know, to I think it was a head injury, you know, in the first in the first half. They lost him for the rest of the game. Kadrius Tony went out for a little bit. Looked like it might have been his ankle. Eventually... I think he went back in but um you know he was out at, at some point in the game and they really needed him because he's been a big piece of their offense after they got him in the offseason but I mean what else did you guys see differently from the Chiefs offense because it just seemed like the way they were so efficient the way they moved the ball it's not that they didn't do that in the last three meetings but like if I'm looking at that game in December when Kansas City came to Cincinnati it just seemed like when it came to Travis Kelsey even like I haven't even mentioned him like you know, they didn't really do much to stop him. He had, what, seven catches, 78 yards. Um, he, he was a lot more limited in the second half, but think about the first half. Like, that touchdown that he had on fourth and one, which was the biggest fourth down play for the Chiefs, it almost looked like Jesse Bates didn't see him until it was too late in the back of the end zone when he tried to tackle him. But, you know, they just didn't have as much of an answer for him. And when they did, it I don't want to say it came too late, but it just wasn't as impactful as what we saw in like the last two matchups. Because the big reason why they won was they forced the fumble from Kelsey in December. AFC Championship, I don't think he had a single catch in the second half. What did you see differently on, on those fronts, just from the Chiefs? If you kind of had to just think about that. In terms of like the previous game? Sure, I mean, yeah, just know, like the December game. Well, I mean, these are, you know, the Chiefs game plan was modified because they had an injury at quarterback. Um, and obviously... I think things kept changing because they kept losing wide receivers. So, uh, you know, they were going to force the ball to Kelsey, and, you know, Lou and Rumo called out what they were going to do during the week, that they were going to get him the ball in space and let him run, and that's kind of what they did. I mean, he had five catches in the first half, uh, you know, about, average about 10 yards per catch, and yeah. it was just the, the, the yards after catch. Did the same thing with the running backs, which Rumo pointed out as well, um, that they were just getting them in space. And so uh, tackling, I didn't think, was as good today oh yeah that, that, and that's why they um, they got so many yards the uh the after the catch stuff um 
uh, just a more efficient sort of uh, day for, for Kansas City. I think they just they called the right plays and you know got off to the start. Uh, we're playing with the lead basically throughout, and I think that uh, you know made a difference. Yeah, I mean, I think when you kind of look at this, I, I mean, as you get farther and farther away from the game, um, you know, I, I think you're gonna, um, I, I think you're just you're gonna look at it and say, okay, the Bengals lost. I, I don't know if there's any you know grand proclamations that you can make from. You know, first game to last game, or what really changed? Or what I mean, the Chiefs were. I mean, Mike talked about this on our Friday podcast when we did our predictions. Um, they were the number one seed in the AFC for a reason. Like they were, you know, when you kind of look at the metrics, they were really, really good all year. Their numbers were better than the Bengals all year. You know, despite kind of having a significantly reduced uh, receiving core, you got Travis Kelsey and then a bunch of shoulder shrugs after that. Um, with all due respect to those guys, I'm not really sure what they're giving you, and they certainly don't match up to the Bengals receivers. Um, but it's just it's a game that you know you lose by three points on a walk-off field goal essentially. And not for nothing, the game. This was the Bengals team. They read two red zone stops in the first right. half. That's yeah. what they do. They allow the yardage. Technically, the one they did get bailed out of a holding call, but still, yeah. But, but my yeah. point is, like, this is basically how the Bengals have yeah, played all right. season. Yeah, It's, it's and, not a, yeah, they, an outlier exactly. the games, how the game Oh, that, no, not at all. Point. Not that's at all. Point. It's like you're going to look at this game, I think, over the next couple of weeks, months, however long. Um, I mean, obviously the players were talking about, you know, the next two weeks are going to sting. But I think you're just going to look at this game and be like, Listen, like the Bengals lost a really, really tight game to a team that they could have beaten. Yeah. And they just made too many mistakes. Like, nobody, like, I, I don't know if there was anything that was unexpected. Um, you know, the Bengals obviously got theirs offensively. Uh, their offensive line kind of let them down a little bit, I think. Um, you know, they, they did pick it up later. Uh, I think Burroughs started getting the ball out a little quicker. But again, yeah. like, this, it, it's, it's just one of those games where, you know, Burrow, would Burrow throw two picks? Mahomes did not none, throw one, but they fumbled once. Um, yeah. he had that weird like fumble play on his own side of the field. This I don't is how old that. this is how old I am. Uh, I don't know how long covered sports, so it reminded me of play. <laughs> Gary uh, Gary Yepremian? No, no, oh. it was Auburn LSU. Uh, Jeremy Johnson, who was like the uh, next best thing uh, after. Uh, uh, so, uh, but anyway, so he they they went to LSU. He threw a ball backwards. And it went like 15 yards backwards. I don't remember that. Amazing, amazing play you'll ever see. But it wasn't on Twitter. It's on Vine. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, 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 I grew I up in the Vine get a era. Usable copy to post and say that it was comparable because it was on Vines and Vine. Man, I grew, um, I grew up on Vine, man. Yeah, I mean, again, to that point, you you had one more turnover than they did. Um, whether or not you want to. Draw your ire to the officials. The aside penalty, like I saw some people on Twitter, like obviously, oh, I can't believe you could call that late in the game. It'll be- it's a penalty. Yeah, it, it, it's a penalty. Like, and, and he admitted you, it too. You can feel he, he admitted you can it feel too. Bad for Joseph Osai while also admitting it's a penalty. Uh, I think that that I mean those two are not those two are you know you don't have to you don't have they're to not mutually exclusive. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the phrase I was looking for. So yeah, you know you have that. Um, there was the the Mike Hilton DPI. Um, that was a little ticky tack. I thought that's one of those um, calls that people yeah, talk about. I didn't agree yeah, with that. but like again, it's a game where one or two plays goes the other team's way in terms of a call or a break or whatever, and then the end of the game happens and they made one more play than you did. Like I. It's. I think that that is almost going to be as tough to kind of look at because it's a little bit like last year's Super Bowl for the Bengals because, you know, 
you think, I mean, you think about the play where Jamar Chase was, was running down the field when Jalen Ramsey fell down. Like, you can, you can point to one or two things. God, if that went right, you know, we'd be in the Super Bowl. If that went right, we'd exactly. be in the Exactly. This isn't one of those situations where, oh, my God, they got to fix this and they got to fix that and they got to fix this. Like, the offensive line was injured. It was just injured, they're, yeah. They're going to, I mean, they still got to get better, but the sure. offensive line is, was injured. Um, you know, the secondary was missing, Chidobe, Wuzier, and that's not. Man, we can't forget about that. That's, that's a good point, actually. To, I mean, this team was very, very healthy, and, yeah. and it's kind of unreasonable to expect that every year in the NFL. But again, you just lost a game to the number one seed in the AFC. Team that very well might win the Super Bowl. I don't think they're going to. I didn't think the Bengals were going to win the Super Bowl if they won. But uh, <laughs> wow, okay. you're talking um, a team that was very, very good, and you just you didn't make one or two more plays at the end than they did, and, and that's kind of it. And you look at the score, too. Like, this was 23-20. The last two matchups were 27-24 in favor of the Bengals. And then when they played um, in the second-to-last week of last season, I think it was, what, 31-28 Bengals in Cincinnati. Like, these are always going to be close games. And that's a reflection that, like, the Chiefs are a great team. Like, you know, they lost last year's AFC Championship. They lost the Super Bowl the year before that. Like, Patrick Mahomes has had two really sour defeats. Like, the toughest losses come either in the Super Bowl or the Conference Championship. Like, that's as tough as it gets. Mahomes and most of the players on the Chiefs who were on both of those teams last year and year before, they learned from that. And they had that nasty taste in their mouth, and they wanted to spit it out. And I think the silver lining, if there is one, which I think there is, is that the Bengals are going to look at this game. They're going to learn from it. Because, again, it's not like anything going like, oh, my gosh, they have to fix this. They have to fix that. They're going to watch this in the offseason. They're going to reflect on this. You know, it's going to be a longer offseason compared to last year because they're not in the Super Bowl. But they're going to learn from it. And they're they're still probably going to be, I would say, maybe we can get into this in a little bit. They'll still be favored, I think, to be competitive, not just in the AFC North, but in the AFC. Well, so, so I know this kind of sounds like it's going in direct opposition to my last point. But I think what what the, the reason this stings is because, again, you were right there with the AFC's top seed. Uh, this, that, and the other. And it was a tougher path. It was a harder path. But I think you got that sentiment from a few guys in the locker room. Um, You know, Cam Taylor-Britt was like, I mean, this was the last time this team's ever going to be together. Like, this, we got guys leaving. We're going to have new guys coming in. Like, that's just the way the NFL works. That's not, that's nothing new, right? Like, that, that's obviously very, very clear. But look at, like, the AFC's loaded. It's going to be pretty crazy. The Chiefs are not going anywhere. The Bills, I know you just curb stomped the Bills in Buffalo. They're not going anywhere. Even if they lose the some Chargers, guys, yeah. Who knows what the Chargers are, but the Chargers are still really talented. The Jaguars. The Ravens should get receivers. Like, Trevor Lawrence is getting better. Like, this is a difficult conference, and I think that that was one of the reasons that you saw a lot of guys, you know, it's obviously that you lost and everything like that, but I think that that was kind of part of the disappointment and part of the sadness was that you came a handful of plays away from the Super Bowl and there's no guarantee you're getting back. I mean, there was no guarantee have, last year. Who knows either, what yeah. the Browns are going to be with Deshaun next year with a full offseason? Like, you can very well paint a picture where the Bengals are on the road next year in Wild Card Weekend. Like, they're going to be really good, but as people cheer in the other booth, um, the Bengals are going to be really good next year. But again, it's it's really hard to get to this point, and I think that uh, you could kind of sense that from some of the guys that you know, hey, this was this was really special and. Yeah, I mean, who knows when they might they might get back next year? They might not. It, it's just it's kind of a really really tough thing for these guys to swallow, and uh, you kind of see why. To be specific, too, just going through the list of expiring deals. Um, so going through the deals that you listed, Andrew, um, on Twitter, deals that are expiring on the Bengals roster per spot track. Just going through the list quickly. The biggest one, of course, Jesse Bates, 
Von Bell, Eli Apple, Hayden Hurst, Trey Flowers, Samaj P. Ryan, Brandon Allen, Drew Sample, Clark Harris, Max Sharping, Michael Thomas, Trent Taylor, Jalen Davis, Jermaine Pratt, Travion Williams. Obviously, Jess is the top of that because that's been a focus for him this year. Von Bell, who's right next to him, is just as important. Um, you have Hayden Hurst, who's talked about wanting to be here. Trey Flowers was a great nickel, who they got from Seattle last year. Brandon Allen, veteran backup, who's been you know helpful to Joe Burrow since his rookie year. And you can go down the list. I mean, Jermaine Pratt, of course, is the other big one as I go through it. But, you know, if you just... You know, first of all, actually, I will say this. Like, did you guys talk to any of those players, get their thoughts on any uh, of that? I talked to Jesse a little bit. He'll talk more in the next few days. Um, you know, it's so emotional after a win like this. I think you um, – a lot of these guys, they're just – they're they're kind of processing everything. And once they get, a you know, a head on their uh, – you know, the right head on their shoulders in a few days after everything kind of calms down, um, we'll get a better idea. But, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Jesse said, we'll see. It's, you know, it's, it's out of my hands, so – uh, it's going to be a big story of the offseason for sure. Did you uh, get anything from anybody on that, Michael? Nope. For me, I talked to Von Bell. Um, he didn't really go too much into it. Um, he said he'll just have to see what happens. He's focused on the offseason, although he talked about how he loved the togetherness of the team. Uh, Eli Apple said he's kind of thought about it all year, but kind of echoing Bell. He wants to see what will happen. Uh, and then really same thing with Jermaine Pratt. I only asked him briefly, and he said, you know, just have to see how it goes. But yeah, it's probably too late of a night to get into that because that's a whole other lengthy discussion. But like you said, though, I just wanted to list all those out because you're possibly going to lose a lot of those players on that list. And it could very well be a challenge replacing that or fixing that. It was hard enough this year. They did a good job uh, getting Hayden Hurst, rebuilding the offensive line, you know, drafting Cam Taylor, Brent, and Dax Hill, which, again, depending on what happens with Bates, that's going to be maybe a good reason why they drafted Hill last year. But We'll just have to see, but um, as tough as it is after a loss like this, still want to end the season with some game balls. Either you guys want to go first, uh, passing out some game balls? Andrew, you can go first. Yeah, I'm going to give it to T. Higgins. Um, had a really nice touchdown catch, obviously. Um, you know, he. The, I mentioned the first target of the game that he got was on that interception. Um, I, I really thought that, that T. stepped up in a moment where they needed him. Um, I mean, Jamar obviously had six catches for 75 yards, which is pretty significant. He had that great catch. Uh, on fourth and six, but uh, you need you need guys to step up like this uh, when you have Jamar Chase getting doubled and, and T did so uh, he played really well and um, you need guys like that to play well in moments like this. I'll give mine to BJ Hill. Um, it's just the empathy he showed in his locker room for a young player, uh, Joseph aside to answer questions. Uh, you know after committing that penalty and that's a tough spot to be in. Uh, credit to him for answering the questions because some players uh, wouldn't and would be uh, very combative in that moment and not want to do it. He did it, um, and that's very impressive for a young man who's only in his second year in the league. And then for B.J. Hill, uh, a veteran, uh, I think that's sort of what sets the standard. I know there were some other uh, reactions to that in the moment by other players, but it seemed for sure like the defensive line um, really had one opinion about that, and they were going to protect their uh, teammate, and um, I think it's something that uh, should be commended. Um, I don't think any of the questions that were asked were out of line, uh, even though P.J. Hill objected to them because I think they need to be asked. But um, I can respect the uh, friendship that he has with him and, and wanting to protect a young player. I'm going to give mine to Ted Karras. Um, although he had a penalty in the game, he took responsibility for it. And the fact that he played after having uh, somewhat of a knee injury last week and practicing through it this week, um, it epitomized the fact that he's called himself a demeanor hound from the very minute he walked into the building as he has been up until this point in the year. 
Um, and he's been one of just in general, statistically, one of their best players on their line. Um, and he epitomized the meaning of, you know, being a captain in your first year with your, your new team. I mean, um, again, even with all the mistakes he made, it takes true dedication to take accountability for that, to own up to that and still play as good as he did. So uh, not just for this game, but really just I think this season I'm going to give my game ball to Ted Karras. But it is a late night here at GEHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium. Again, the Bengals season comes to an end in what will be a longer offseason with lots of decisions, lots of moves coming as we look ahead and we'll have locker room clean out on Monday. For those listening to this, we're taping this right after the game. Uh, we'll have more on that and then, we'll, of course, we'll have more going through the offseason on what to expect, what things will look like and what that means. But once again, for myself, Andrew Gillis and Mike Nizek. I'm Muhammad Ahmad. Thank you so much for joining us during what's been an exciting season uh, of football. Our first year doing this together, guys. I think we need to give ourselves a pat on the back, jumping right in uh, to the fray. I started, what, in week four? You guys both started before the season. Um, give yourselves a pat on the back because uh, it is a challenge. It's a grind, but uh, we pushed through it, and we appreciate those who stuck along with us. So we'll see you back here on Monday. Until then, take care.